Hello and welcome to Helpline on Feed, Play, Love. And we're here to help you with any of the questions you might have about your baby or small child. Our expert today is sleep consultant Joe Ryan. So you can ask your questions a number of ways. If you're watching us live via Facebook, pop your question below the video. And if you're listening to us via podcast, you can send an email through to helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Joe, how are you? Very well, thank you. How Good are you? Good to see your face again. Thank you. Now that you're allowed out of your unit in Melbourne. <laughs> yes. Yes, great. We haven't been home at all. You've got a lovely glow about you for those that can't see, those that are listening uh, via podcast. (laughs) Let's start with a question from Amanda. And I should mention as well, the other place you can ask questions is um, we have a helpline group on Facebook. So you can always post your questions there or direct mail us if that's what you'd like to do. So Amanda says, I have a six-month-old baby boy and I'm looking to get advice on sleep routines for nighttime. Our baby wakes every one to two hours um, during the night, sometimes to be resettled, sometimes for a feed. We formula feed and have now switched to hungry baby formula for the nighttime. He usually takes around 440 mils over a night and has already had approximately one litre plus three meals during the, during the day. Our current night routine is tea with family around 5pm. We then let that settle, sing, talk and play with him, then up for a bath around 6pm, followed by a baby massage. I want to be this little baby. Mm, <laughs> Sounds like good. Good. I then take him back downstairs to feed him a bottle where he usually takes around 200 mils and is cuddled to sleep before being put down for the night in his cot in his own room. We have a sleep aid toy which plays white noise and have used scented baby pillow spray on his sheets. He goes to sleep at around 7pm, then is up every one to two hours and then eventually wakes at (laughs) 4am. He has around a two-hour nap in the morning and a two-hour nap in the afternoon. He does have a dummy. However, he's not good at using this to soothe himself. I do think he's teasing at the, at the minute. However, he has always been a poor sleeper. Our health visitor said that some babies sleep, some don't, but I am worried he's not getting enough sleep. Is this normal and can I get him sleeping longer at night? Thank you so much for any advice. And that's from Amanda. Well, Amanda, absolutely you can get him sleeping some more at night. I mean, that's that's terrible. You know, one to two hours is not waking is not great for him uh, or you yeah. or anyone, <laughs> dominantly him and you, but anyone else in the house as well. So what happens is that babies um, get very attached to the way they're put to sleep. So it sounds like she's cuddling him to sleep, so he's falling asleep in her arms and she's putting him down while he's asleep. Now, that will absolutely affect the way he sleeps, not in a great way, because every time he rouses, so every time he goes into the lighter part of his sleep cycle, his eyes kind of flick open, as, as all of ours do when we in that part of the sleep, but we just don't, read out, we don't remember it. But if his brain registers that he's somewhere different than where he was when he fell asleep, so he's not in her arms anymore, he will wake right up with a start and cry. Okay, so... The, the thing that we need to do is get him used to falling asleep in his bed rather than in her arms, and that should really help with the waking. It sounds to me that he's getting plenty of food and perhaps at, he, at six months with all that milk and, and he's on three solid meals a day from the sounds of things, that he really should only 
theoretically need one bottle a night of about 200 mils and I would sort of make that around sort of 4 a.m. ish, 3 to 4 a.m. ish. But look, in the in the interim, while you're kind of working towards that, I would keep two bottles a night, maybe one around, you know, 11, 12, and then one around, you know, four-ish. Um, but between that, I would resettle him in his bed, but really, really work on for his bedtime at sort of 6.30, 7pm, plus for his day naps, getting him to fall asleep in his bed rather than in your arms. And that will really, really make a huge difference. The dummy shouldn't be a problem, you know. The dummy can be a nice comfort thing. I mean, it can cause sleep problems, but um, I think I would start with the falling asleep in the bed. And can I ask, Joe, how long do you think it takes for the baby to kind of change the way they're sleeping? Like if you're going to take that mm. approach, how mm. long should you go it at it? It doesn't take very long as long as we are consistent and we're very we're giving them consistent messages about the way we're now doing this. Um, what happens is if we try and we start and then we stop and then we try again and start, they get confused and the sleeping can go out the window. But in my experience, it can take about three, uh, you know, as quickly as three days to maybe say three weeks, you know, would be the maximum, I would think. But within that time, you should see this getting better. It might be a bit slower. But some babies take to it so quickly because, in fact, they're so tired and they want to sleep. We've just got to show them, okay, you actually can fall asleep on your bed. I'm going to be here. So it's about patting him off to sleep in his cot rather than having him fall asleep in your arms and then gently reducing your intervention once you feel that he's getting it and he's not so distressed um, and then pairing it back to the point where at some point he will be able to go in and, and put himself to sleep. That's what we're aiming for. Mm. Good luck with that, Amanda. Yeah. Our next question comes from our Facebook Live and Tammy says, is there such a thing as a sleep regression stage at two and a half years? My good sleeper has turned into a bad sleeper. And uh, I understand we're asking what exactly a bad sleeper looks like for Tammy, but I guess could yeah. we start with that first question? Well, I guess there's not really sleep regressions, I guess, but but for toddlers, lots of things can affect their, the way they sleep. So whatever's happening in their little world um, affects the way they sleep. So if they've started childcare, if there's a new baby arrived in the house, if you've moved house, if there's some kind of stress going on, you know, um, a whole lot of things. And sometimes we don't even know, you know, maybe it's just whatever they're perceiving as some kind of change. Um, often affects sleep you know by this stage I would think the kind of separation anxiety and that sort of thing should have passed but obviously those things can be triggered again by starting childcare you know mum going back to work you know a whole lot of things that might trigger this so so there's not a sleep like an official sleep regression but these things happen along the way throughout childhood um so, yeah, I mean, ways of dealing with that is just trying to have a good rich routine and ritual around bedtime um, that, you, you know, that the child is staying in their bed overnight, that you go to them and you reassure them and whatever they need, but then kind of, so kind of keep things as they were, keep them in their bed. Um, but obviously they may need some reassurance during that time. 
but just um, and and having good sleep hygiene, as they call it, which means, you know, that you have a good bedtime ritual, that they're not going to bed too late, that, you know, they, they understand what it means around bedtime, like what you're expecting of them. Um, those sorts of things are really helpful. We have some extra information. Tammy says she was sleeping all by herself from 6 p.m. till 6 a.m., but no change, and she screams and vomits and was patted to sleep, which she never did. Um, I just want to ask, Joe, just because I have been doing Helpline for many years now and with my own kids, um, would the daytime nap have anything to do at this stage with how they're sleeping at night? Yeah, totally. I mean, if if they're getting too much sleep in the day, sometimes that can then affect the way they sleep at night and they might be awake for long periods, either overnight or very resistant to going off to sleep. Or if they've dropped their daytime nap, you know, or reduced it significantly resisting it so they're not really having it then that means they're very tired when they go to bed which can also affect the way they sleep which can do the same they both look the same whether they're overtired or not tired enough sort of thing so I think it 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 could be a matter of just looking at her day you know tweaking things maybe she needs more sleep in the day maybe she doesn't need sleep but she might need to come back to bed a bit earlier if she's a bit overtired things like that you know obviously it's very hard and toddlers um you know have these very extreme moods and screaming and vomiting I mean the vomiting is very distressing for everybody but my advice around children and babies that vomit is you you have to obviously comfort them and 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 you know clean them and but just do it very calmly without too much fuss so it's not a big oh my god you know um it's just like okay have all that ready beside the bed you know in the evening so that you don't have to create a big thing about you know cleaning her up or whatever but obviously you know if we can get her before she vomits like get in there kind of reassure her calm her down it should pass I mean um but as I say try not to do too much like Patting her to sleep is, a, is is quite a strong thing. So if you feel that you can, you know, reduce that a bit and maybe just leave your hand on her or sit beside the cot and shush her or whatever, things like that can really help just reduce that intervention and get back to where you were. It's interesting. She says she does nap for an hour but never past two. So that doesn't sound like she's That doesn't sound that. terrible, no. Mm. But, you know, I don't know, like maybe it's just the time of the year you know maybe we're all a bit exhausted maybe yeah. maybe try just putting it to bed half an hour earlier or you know and see what happens and and you know I mean these things are just triggered like I say by some some things that are obvious and some things that are not obvious mm. um, so she just might need a little bit of reassurance for a while um, but like I say try to keep it sort of as minimal as you can and then when you feel she's getting um, back to not or back to her old ways then kind of get yourself gently out of the room and back to where you, what you were doing before. Okay. Good luck with that, Tammy. We have a question from Fiona from our email. She says, just wondering if Joe has any recommendations on the type or brand of pillows for a three-year-old who moves around quite a bit in bed. There are so many out there. It gets very confusing. Wow. Well, I have no idea about brands of pillows. Um, I would recommend, though, something kind of quite flat, I would imagine, um, or even no pillow, you know. I mean, three-year-olds 
don't really need a pillow, but obviously it depends on if the child's moving around a lot and kind of sleeping on their sides or their tummies even, I tend to have something quite flat or no pillow mm. until they're kind of a bit more sort of settled in the night, I think. I don't know. Do you? Well, do when you were saying pillows? Well, yes, but it's funny when you were saying that because uh, I reckon my children have the weirdest ways of sleeping like I look they do have pillows but they don't they have pillows because they like having the pillows on top of them or they like cuddling them or and they do um tend to move about a bit and I just think thank goodness they're so flexible because how can you be comfortable lying like that in bed um but I don't I I mean they've they've both always uh, I think moved quite a bit when they sleep but it doesn't stop them sleeping no so it was never a problem it was never something that woke them up only when they were very little and they used to hit the cot sides or whatever. yes yes yeah I mean to the on your point I don't know that would affect her she, she hasn't said that it's affecting the way they're sleeping at all they're just moving around no. a lot yeah yeah I, I would just like I say have something that's quite flat not too kind of you know voluminous or you know fluffy. yes, yes. Something quite flat just that that you know it just sits there and, and then they can move around without sort of you know getting stuck under it all yeah and just remember they might look really uncomfortable but they're probably in the most blissful yes (laughs) they They do go into very deep sleep yeah yeah Yeah. there's still that flexibility that we no longer Mm. have as adults right yeah that's right that's right (laughs) we spend too long in one position i'm like can't move the other way can't get up in the morning the needles in your hands and it's all terrible uh we have a question from tracy on the facebook live do you have any tips on moving my almost three-year-old out of her cot and into a bed um, okay, well, almost three is good. I'm always, I'm for like the later the better, you know. I want them to be ready and also kind of uh, want to do it, you know. Um, also moving them when they're too little, they kind of lose that sense of containment and security that a cot provides, particularly because that's all that, if that's all they've known, you know. Um, so I would just kind of do it gently, talk about it, you know, if you have it in the bedroom with the cot, you know, um, uh, you know, don't just kind of dismantle the cot and now here you go, here's the bed. You know, I think it should be a gradual uh, so that they have buy-in, they feel like they've got some say in it, they want to do it, you know, um, and just do it gently. You know, do you want to sleep in the bed tonight or you could do the stories on the bed, you know, and then into the cot and then do do things gradually. I think are, it's always a much better option for toddlers so that, you know, they're not shocked by the change. Cool. Good luck, Tracy. This one is from our Facebook inbox. Lacey says, "Hi, I'm wondering the best ways to help my five best ways to help my five year old with fears. It's been going on for a while, but just as I think she's getting better, something else pops up that bothers her. For example, she will not play in a room by herself. Will not go to the toilet if someone is not in her sight. So obviously, a fear of being by herself." One that has recently popped up is fear of the shadow her bed makes at night on her wall. She has a nightlight, so there is a reflection. She has been in this bed for over two years, but all of a sudden the shadow is now an issue. This has made her want to go under her doona to sleep. She will fight us about changing anything in her room to make that shadow go away. So please don't suggest any solutions in the room as we have tried everything. It's driving us mad as we want to sleep, but she just doesn't want us to 
help. It has affected her sleep as sometimes she will wake and see the shadow and then will call for us to help her back under the doona. This is not ideal for anyone. So I'm really hoping for a solution here. Yeah, look, it, it is hard because obviously, you know, for young children, their imaginations, um, which is something we love about, you know, and we want to encourage, can, you know, um, kind of go a bit crazy and a bit wild. And particularly if she's reading things that have witches or ghosts or, you know, things that can create, stir up imagination. And bedtime and nighttime are obviously those times where those things are really heightened. I mean, I remember I was terrified of of the dark you know I hated you know and I thought I'd see things you know so I mean I think we just need to kind of be um supportive and reassuring but try not to negate what she's feeling like for her that's an actual fear like um and I mean I would again it's good to have buy-in from the child so that they feel like they have some say so I would say, what do you want us to do, you know? Um, and, like, I'm sure they've done this. It's, they've, she says they've tried everything. But, you know, obviously the nightlight is um, a problem. So moving the nightlight or changing the nightlight or maybe having the door ajar with the nightlight off so that, that, you know, there is no shadow cast from the nightlight or putting it in a different place of the room. And I'm sure she's done all this and I'm just telling her stuff. She's, she's there going, yeah, we tried all that. Um, but I would also just sit down and say, what do you want us to do, you know, and obviously explain that, you know, the waking calling out in the night is not helpful because everyone's tired. So what can we do as a family to make that better? I mean, also understand that from her point of view, I mean, she's five, so she's getting there, but they still don't have a great understanding of how their behaviour is affecting other people. Um but, you know, just saying it makes us feel like this or we're very tired, we feel very tired in the morning when you wake up. So how, how can we make that better for all of us so none of us are tired? You know, having those sorts of conversations around it. I mean, and, I mean it's at a the normal risk- thing. Yeah, and I was going to say my my kids have definitely had those. My daughter had that fear about going to the bathroom on her own, or um, even still, and she's eight. If I leave the room suddenly, she'll be like, "Where are you going?" I'm like, "I'm going to the toilet." Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that I, I don't see that. As, I mean, look again. I'm not a psychologist, but I that's very common for my children. But and at the risk of really annoying you, Lacey, um, because you did say that you've tried everything. Have you added anything to the room? Because my daughter was afraid of the dark and we got um, fairy lights. And if you put fairy lights in a certain place, it might it might get rid of that shadow. Yeah. And I used to be, uh, when we got those fairy lights and she wanted me to keep them on, I wasn't sure about that because I thought, well, you're never going to go to sleep if they're on. But she does. Mm. And, and they're quite bright. So I wonder if, um, Lacey, at, you're probably throwing stuff at the screen right now, but I wonder if adding something like fairy lights um, yeah. could help. But Yeah. No, I think that that's good. I think, you know, it's, it's hard to, to kind of, if she's very resistant on making change, but, mm. you know, coming up with a little plan or maybe drawing the room out and like, where can we put this and what can we do here? And, you know, maybe have, having a little game of like, let's redecorate, you know, and change mm. things around a bit, move the bed even if that helps and see, see how that helps. Yeah. Mm. Well, good luck. Hope somewhere in there, Lacey, there is something that can help you. Yes, we, we have a question from Elena. 
uh, from Facebook. She says, hi, I returned to work at the beginning of July and placed my two-year-old and four-year-old into childcare. They both loved it and are thriving. They go every Tuesday and every Thursday, but for the past four weeks, my two-year-old's behavior on a Friday and only on a Friday has gotten extremely bad. He's hitting, biting and throwing things and causing injuries to his sister. I am so unsure what to do. Childcare says that he hasn't flipped out like this there and he's perfectly fine on Monday and Wednesday. He sleeps well after care, so I don't think it's a factor of tiredness. Do you have any tips on how to negate this difficult time? I'm beginning to lose my mind. So I would say that it is about tiredness, unfortunately. I think it is. And even though, you know, you feel that they're sleeping okay, childcare is exhausting. It is exhausting. So they're going Monday and Wednesday and they're home Friday. Is that what she said? Uh, yeah, I got a bit lost with that. Um, just bear with me. Um, they go uh, 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 Tuesday and every Thursday. For childcare. Okay, hmm. and Friday they lose it. Well, you know, we all yeah. lose it on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> I mean, I do. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's the end of the week and, and kids, you know, there's a lot of built-up kind of energy and exhaustion and Friday afternoons are hard in, in a lot of people's homes, I'm sure. So, you know, on those days of childcare, I would be kind of allowing for um, an earlier bedtime. I would make sure, and I remember I visited one family and they had their kids went to bed all of them like they were between the ages of sort of five and two that on childcare days they're all in bed at 5 30 you know because wow. just, I know I know because they're just, so like, they're just exhausted I know I was very impressed but I think just allow that even though you're saying he's napping fine but just be aware that childcare just exhausts children not only is the activity but it's also the emotional stress that they experience you know they're away from home there's children, they're trying to, you know, for some children, they embed, uh, embody that emotional stress. And then it all just comes out in a, you know, in a, a big meltdown. Mm. So I would recommend that on those childcare days, maybe bed a bit earlier, Friday afternoons, maybe Fridays a bit early, you know, keep Fridays a bit low key, make sure there's not too much activity, that it's maybe a stay at home day to just kind of everyone can just re relax and, you know, chill out. Um, keep it on the down low. That's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Keep it on the down low. Mm. For a minute there, I forgot what day it was and I thought it was Friday. I know, it kind of feels like Friday, Sunday morning. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's that time of the year. Everyone's like just yeah. crawling towards Christmas. Totally, totally. Uh, so that's something to figure, think of as well. Like I remember um, with my kids when, so my son's been in kindy this year and I remember when my daughter started kindy, by this time of the year she was just mm. so tired and you and I was like, oh, that makes sense. And I'd completely forgotten the year my son's had. And we're also tired in the house. Yeah. And yeah, it's been totally. a crazy all my year. Friends, yeah. All my friends with children at school, even the older ones are like, oh, my God, we're just crawling to the finish line. Everything is hard. The kids don't want to get up. They don't want to get dressed. You know, no. they come home, they have a meltdown. You know, it's very normal behaviour. And for a little thing who's trying to cope with all of that, you know, mm. um, that's that's what I would suggest is going on. So just, yeah, let's just mm. kind of make it to the holidays. Into, yeah, that's right. That's right. Good luck.
Yeah. We have one last question. This is from Amy on Facebook Live. She says, hi there. I have a two and a half year old who goes to bed amazingly, no dummy or bottles, but still won't sleep through the night and has never slept through. I've had sleep consultations and sleep school, but still no help. I'm waiting for her adenoid surgery, which we are hel- hoping will help. I'm Ooh. battling on the lack of on with lack of sleep, but it's getting hard. We have even gone down the road of herbal home remedies and oils, which doesn't seem to help. She doesn't necessarily wake up crying. She just wanders into our room to wake me up and never my husband. Oh, thank you, darling. I don't want to wish this time away, but I'm looking for the light at the end of my tired tunnel. Do you have yeah. any suggestions? And that's from Amy. Amy, that's exhausting. Two and a half years of no sleep. It's pretty hardcore. Um, Look, hopefully, fingers crossed, the adenoid surgery will help because there's not a lot you can do uh, if she's got some kind of sleep apnea caused by enlarged adenoids that is causing her to wake. A lot of young children do have that. Um, she's a bit of a snorer or whatever, that's kind of a dead giveaway. They just can't get into a nice sleep. Um, You know, I think other things you can try, I'm sure Amy's tried them all over the past couple of years, but um, is I don't know what Amy does when she comes and wakes her up. Does she take her back? You know, I would send her back now if you can or just walk her back very quietly don't no talking no palaver it's night time you need to stay in bed two and a half year olds they're still quite little so you can't really offer incentive or reward you know overnight they're just not going to be interested in that um <laughs> they're just not dang um or yeah, also kind of uh, if she's waking every night, then she's probably a bit tired as well, which so, you know, that kind of accumulates. So make sure she's going to bed early, like 7, sleep by 7, to make sure she's getting enough of that deep sleep, um, which can actually help. I know it's a bit counterintuitive, but sleep does promote sleep. So the more they have, the more they want. Um And again, like I talked about earlier, good sleep hygiene. So bedtime rituals, making sure she's going to bed at the right at the same time every night early enough. Um, You know, all those things can really help. Um, I do hope that the surgery is really going to help as well and that you will get some sleep. Yeah. You've got a lot coming your way. At the very least, you might be able to sleep on those uncomfortable beds next to your daughter after she's had her John's yeah. adenoids out oh, sorry my son had oh. his adenoids out and yes they're not great those beds good luck no. Amy I hope that yeah. improves for you look I did say that was the last one but I'm going to try and squeeze one last one in this is from Fern she says my 18 month old granddaughter has difficulty hearing the word no she will flop to the floor and bang her face or the back of her head We've been told to ignore it, but it's so alarming and we're concerned about her hurting herself. She's been doing this for several months. Okay, so I don't buy into the ignoring of that kind of behaviour because obviously it just goes on. Mm -hmm. You know, for some children that works, but for a lot of children it doesn't work. And so I think comforting and and reassuring, but, but maintaining your boundaries. So whatever it might be that she's, you've said no to, like, let's say no to the the biscuit, you know, sorry, no, you, you can't have biscuit. She stops the floor. You can sit by her and protect her and cuddle her and say, I know that it's hard. I can see you're very upset, 
but we can't have a biscuit because we're about to have lunch or whatever it might be, you know. So, and and offering that sort of reassurance and naming the feeling, like I see you're upset, I can see you're angry, I know that you don't want this, but we, this is why we do that, helps. You know, I'm not going to say that it's going to be some miracle cure, um, but I do find that it's... <laughs> You know, they still go through the tantrums. That's just what they do. It's her way of just pushing back, you know. All of a sudden she's realised she can push back. So it's like, mm, I want it. And, again, toddlers can't see anyone else's point of view other than their own. Why won't you give me that? So just voicing those things can help speed that process up so that she'll get through the tantrums. Mm. But, yeah, I would I would prefer to be comforting her and protecting, protecting her from hurting herself rather than just letting her go wild. Yeah. Well, um, that's all we have time for, Joe. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting and helping everyone out. And I'll just let you know if you um, have been listening and thinking, oh, I need more than a couple of minutes with Joe. Joe is one of our experts on Babyology's Parent School, and you can book a one on one consult with Joe. There'll be links in the notes of this Facebook uh, live and also in the podcast. So just click on that and you can find Joe. It's a much easier process, I think, when you can talk back and forth um, and we also have experts that can talk about things like breastfeeding introducing solids toddler behavioral challenges so if you need some guidance with things we've got plenty of experts to help you out joe uh, we will see you soon thank you so much see you, see you next week everyone bye-bye feed play love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me siobhan hunt I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.